play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hello and welcome in. It's the first iteration of Commissioner's Corner in the Loops' ninth season. It's your boy, Kamish Khan, joining me tonight, the one, the only, Agent Double Eleven, Tyler Bagenstoss over the Zoom. Ty, how you doing? Doing good, man. And I, I'm liking the, the Zoom call. There's something, uh, I don't know, unique about like this raspy noise that I can kind of like. Exactly. It, it fits the times well. It definitely yeah. is a, a good storyteller of the times we're in. And, yep. dude, it's it's been far too long, so apologies to the Lou getting this going, but yep. I'm pumped to be talking to you because this season is already off to classic Lou awesome. format where literally seven out of ten teams are like three and three or two and four, yep. and then we've got the three one runaways at the top, and we'll definitely get into that using uh, Paul's power rankings. Uh, shout out to Mr. Sheffield, Daddy P, as he's better known these days. Um, for providing that we'll get in his power rankings but i wanted to ask you first ty um the loop went under one significant change in this offseason um and that is the new waiver wire system Mm -hmm. so just as a quick recap obviously the other eight people listening are all going to be members of the loop so they know but this year we're bidding for um free agents rather than just doing the waiver order and that's added a really unique um kind of twist to pickups every week and it, it's much more competitive. I'm curious on your thoughts so far uh, going into our seventh week into this season. Yeah, so I was actually not a proponent for it. I did not. I voted no against it at the beginning of the season pre-draft situation. Um, but I've enjoyed it. I really have. I think it brings a new element to the league. You know, we have a pretty standard setup league. So I think changing a few, you know, changing a couple things and making things a little bit more um, – unique and fun and like maybe you have to think a little bit more um helps right. us out and, and I, I i like it it's it's new to us um i i know paul mentioned maybe if we do the auction style waiver that maybe we do the auction style draft i love the snake draft but i'm loving this auction style waiver wire and not being able to see who's bidding what you know just it really being up in the air who knows right. what's a good bid like paul bid 64 for elijah mitchell like that it could have been good could have been bad you know who knows so I like right. it. it's all up in the air. Well, and then and then some of our smarter players like uh, bid thirty bucks for a Browns running back who was filling in tonight. Then th- yes. went ahead and sat him on the bench as he racked up twenty three and a half points. I would hate to be that guy. Um, <laughs> and but your favorite I, team con. I mean, uh, stop. Tyler, stop it, stop it. The po- <laughs> my, the pain in my heart that I've already experienced this season. It's just. It's all too familiar after running the beer mile last season, unfortunately. Um, but I do agree with you on the waiver wire. That was something that I was kind of up in the air about. I'm, it's hard for me to grasp change in general, uh, just a life issue more than fantasy <laughs> football. But um, I, I was kind of iffy on it. And I think it's been a home run for sure. I think it's made it a much more interesting week to week, as well as your fate's kind of in your own hands rather than always having to rely on someone else to miss the most recent news or um, whatever it may be. I think this puts ownership on each 
specific player in the league and and you have to really go out and get those guys you think are important and then this being the first year it's also interesting to see kind of how spending trends have taken place you know you have a guy like David who could have gotten the fill-in running back Mm -hmm. for the Browns but has kind of been holding his money whether that's because you know he's busy with work or it's because Mm -hmm. he's uh, just choosing to wait and cover injuries later on in the season who knows but then you also have the flip side that you already mentioned with Paul spending 60 plus in week one and and grabbing a guy granted that he started a couple times throughout the year already so um I I don't know about the auction style draft we've definitely tried it in the past Uh, and it's it's something to be considered for sure I mean it's it's always going to be like a little scary because it changes the complete strategy I do love the snake drafts history with our league specifically since we've always done it that way and drawing out of the hat and everything. Same. So I'm sure more to come on that. But um, yep. another another trend we're seeing in the loop this season that that continues on kind of flaring up from, I think, two or three seasons past is much more trade frenzy around the league. And I think this year we've seen it already with seven or eight six seven or eight trades and we're like i mentioned we're going into week seven now so almost one a week and a lot of high profile players swapping teams mm-hmm. um if you if you see one let me know what your favorite trade of the year has been outside of your own and then as well as what do you think kind of that says about the league and where we're trending in terms of our willingness to transact with other owners as well as just the flexibility we feel we have in rosters that you can just flip star players to try to win mm-hmm. week by week rather than it used to feel like it was very more cemented in place. You drafted your top three and then you didn't move them. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are just more willing to change it up. You know, I started off speaking from experience this year, I started off extremely slow, didn't like what I was seeing. And, you know, at that point, you know, I, I made a couple deals to where I didn't necessarily feel like, Maybe I was absolutely winning the trade, but more just to get like a fresh taste and like a fresh feel to the team. Right. Maybe something had to change. Something something had to change because it wasn't right. And I think that's what most people are thinking. You know, if you both have a if we both have a star player, Connor, like why would we just swap star player? You know, I think it's more like looking at we're actually getting better at where our deficiencies are in our team and like okay, I'm have I have a ton of wide receivers. I'm willing to give up maybe my one of my better wide receivers to get some not top tier running back depth, but like, you know, lower end, like lower tier one running back, you know, willing to right. give up a little bit to help out the overall team. And I think we're all getting better at it. Obviously Cooper's starting us off. I think he had the first trade of the year, right? Um, yeah. I was just looking through the trade log right now. Yeah. It, yeah. Cooper and Derek did a deal for Deandre Swift and that's been a huge pickup for Cooper because Deandre Swift's averaging about 14 and a half points a week. Yeah. Um, and has been a staple in his backfield. But meanwhile, Derek then used Miles Sanders, a piece from that, in a trade with you to grab Antonio Gibson and Mike Williams. Um, Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson has been pretty solid, whereas you pulled in Darren Waller there, obviously. Yeah. See how yeah. that pays off with you rattling off three straight wins, getting right back in the thick of things here. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's definitely uh, cool to see the league mature and just how transactions take place. It definitely used to be trying to screw one another and I've been a huge uh, <laughs> issue or big proponent of that. I That's mean, always been the way to go. It's not just you though. Like everyone's obviously going to want to try and do that con. It's yeah. not just you, but um, it's Randall too. Thank you for it's, saying it's, that. It's everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're all coming, you know, you're not going to hit a home run on every trade, but at least it's not going to look like it, but it, it could end up being a home run type of play. Like, right. 
you just have to take a little bit of risk involved. Right. And it's scary to do. It is definitely it is. scary to do. Um, with that, should we uh, jump into Paul's power rankings here and, and talk yeah, a little bit it. about what we've seen this year? Yep. All right. Paul, <laughs> I think Paul referenced like everyone's ex-girlfriend in each one of his rankings. It seems to be a trend throughout <laughs> the power rankings in general from the Luke yeah. so far, which also uh-huh. shout out to everyone who's written them thus far, which uh, John Randall and Paul They've- have all done. Yeah. A, a sick job. I mean, it, I love reading these every week, and I like how we passed it around the league and hearing people's kind of different flavors in their uh, writing and everything. It's been fantastic. You send the text. You send the text out. I open my phone and read it. I mean, right. That's. that's a, I mean, it's. A, it is drop everything you're doing type news. I agree. Yes. Right when I get them, I always read them before. Excuse me. Before I post, because I just I can't help it. Yeah. Um, so let's start from the bottom up. Yep. And Ty, unfortunately, well, you know what? Let I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts because you come in at number 10 and your team's definitely been hated on this year. And for good reason. You're not putting up mm-hmm. a ton of points. That being yep. said, three straight wins and you're back to three and three. You're not even at the cellar right now. I mean, there's three of us at two and four. So where's yep. your headache coming in at number 10? in Paul's rankings and, and just kind of your outlook for the season going See, forward. My, my issue with Paul, and I kind of wanted to wait until I got to his team, but <laughs> you got to go right in. <laughs> he, he is so about the numbers, right? Right. He has no feel. He has no managerial savviness. Oh, no he touch. Spends so much time. And he mentions it, I think 20 times in these uh, power rankings that, basically this is his job he's doing too much and he has to learn that and it it will come as he you know progresses as a manager and really <laughs> figures out what he's doing but, you are sunning him right now <laughs> but like points for like yeah I fucked up and didn't play like Robert Woods one week and Cordell Patterson when he went off for like 40 on my bench like so those yes it's it's a stat that you definitely have to take into account but there's a lot of missing points on these teams on the bench that like where they didn't play them in the right positions that's a good and, point I mean, like tonight, again, for me, I'm just going to keep wallowing in my sorrows. 23 points on the bench right there. That's that's huge, though. That's huge. And that doesn't mean your team's not productive because you're not getting that in the points for category. Yes. But um, anyway, I mean, I I definitely saw that my team sucks. It sucked hard at the beginning. So I made a couple moves. I traded Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas, Mike Williams to Derek, snagged Darren Waller and Miles Sanders. I didn't even really want Miles Sanders. It was mainly for Darren Waller. Picked up Dawson Knox that same week, ended up trading him to John for Antonio Brown. So I feel like which I, looks like a huge trade now. I'm hoping I put together a solid roster that is luckily three and three, and I'm in a position to <laughs> if I rattle off a couple wins, I'm sitting down here at ten. I could be up in the top four here real soon. So That's true. As long as, and I got firepower. You know, I have superstar type of players on my roster. I'm just hoping that the whole unit can bring it together and get get me going in this next coming weeks. Yep. I hear you there. That is, uh, you, you did pull off some good moves there, I think for sure. Especially that Antonio Brown one, he's looking like Tom Brady's favorite target all of a sudden. And so that can be a legit wide receiver too. Yeah. But I mean, it worked out for you and for Dawson Knox. I mean, who's been productive, a good pickup for John as well. Um, who has plenty of firepower on his team. Yep. Coming in at number nine, we have, uh, Jack McDonald. Which, another guy that's kind of been receiving a lot of flack throughout the power rankings, but noted is that I think Jack has scored over 100 points every week except one. He hasn't put up any game where it's 130, 140, but he's consistently Mm -hmm. put up 
over a hundred points. And um, you'd be shocked to hear I got that data point from Jack. Uh, he he feels as though his team is heavily slept on. Um, I think Ty, what what's your first take when you uh, see Jack's team there at nine? It looks solid. I mean, I, I don't know. He he made a trade for Keenan. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I, when I was facing up against Jack's team, I wasn't necessarily intimidated. That's but what you know, that's what I was going to say too. Is it's not a roster full of people that are uh, players that intimidate you, like they're going to beat you by themselves. Yet Jack's managerial prowess or just their consistency, whatever it may be, he's scratching out over a hundred points each week, which always puts you in contention. He is. He is, and he and he's always going to find a way to do that. Um, but I'm not like I I was I didn't look scared when I was facing up against Jack's team. He does have right. guys that can go off. I mean, we say that's about every team. But Fournette's been steady for him. Stafford's obviously got all those weapons in L.A. He, that looks good. I mean, he's got a solid team. Um, but I, I wasn't, like, intimidated. And not that, like, <laughs> my team's any intimidating, but I ended up – me and Jack maybe had the craziest fantasy football game yes. of the year. Like, by a mile. Like, that Jonathan, was wild. I mean, when Jack broke it down in the text, it was seriously as improbable as a fantasy football win can get. It was insane. And he sent me a kissy face in the first quarter, boys. I know. It's one of the, like... Fantasy karma just coming back. You just can't do it. You just can't can't do that. You can't do that. That's a rookie move. Instant karma. Marquise Brown game-winning touchdown. Suck my balls, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) A good little send-off there for Jack as we move on to number... No, not enough people, like mentioned like when i sent the kissy face i thought i was gonna have nine hearts on that text but i didn't so So you want that you want that in the record book i also gotta give jack credit because i think he's actually won one or two matchups based on his pickup of daryl williams who replaced clyde edwards hilarious that was a big pickup as well as fournette i mean he ronald jones coming into the season was bell cow and um, to, to kind of find those two guys to, to solidify his backfield for now, at least, has been huge to leading I mean, him you, to a three and three record. Also, you look at his bench, it's like all those guys healthy and playing. Like all, all It becomes guys, a lot uh, scarier. Yeah, it becomes a lot scarier. You could basically plug all those guys in and be fine with the roster. Yeah. At number eight, we have uh, Kyle George, who was absolutely blitzing through the league two weeks into the season and then hit a serious roadblock, got back on his winning ways this last week. Um, But Kyle, I think, has lost a little bit of that uh, shine we saw from him two two weeks into the season, or I should say that the league bestowed upon him two weeks into the season. What's your take on a more vulnerable KG coming in at uh, number eight? Obviously, the two running backs on IR, McCaffrey and Edwards. Yes, it has to be your first sentence every time with this (laughs) roster is that, I mean, his two best players are literally haven't played football. It does. And then Amari Cooper, who is one of his better wide receivers. Well, he has DeAndre Hopkins, but Amari Cooper, who's a solid wide receiver who you expect to do big things, has kind of been banged up a little bit. He was great at the first few weeks. And then CeeDee Lamb's kind of emerged in that offense, kind of looking like right. the Dak's go-to guy. So that hurts a little bit. Claypool being – Big Ben can't throw the ball. Like, I hate having a Steelers player right now. And Chase Claypool's awesome. Um, but he's just not getting what he – would expect from him I think right but like even then like you look at his lineup and in his he's got Pittman Jr. Higgins and Hopkins at his wide receiver core so that's still solid I mean you get those running backs back healthy and it's it's a dangerous team but he's just hurt right now 
Yep, I agree. And and really, I got to say, Clyde Edwards Hilaire may may be out of a job there in in yes, he's, Kansas City, but I think he I, can scrap together. Agreed. Yeah, I think he can still scrap together enough uh, of a roster, especially once Christian McCaffrey comes back. That changes your whole outlook because that could be damn near twenty five points a game. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, he's that that good of a player. Mm-hmm. So, I think Kyle's Kyle's kind of a trying to scrap it together until we can see Christian McCaffrey in kind of a healthy roster, and then. But even then, he we'll get some a true big, outlook. Big win last week. He's three and three as well. He gets healthy, and then like he's one of those yep. teams that you know could do some damage down the stretch here. I agree. And at number seven, another three and three team. Paul Paul putting four three and three teams behind. The three, two, and four teams. Yeah. (laughs) And I think he did that. You know, he wanted to give me and Cooper a little bit of leeway, but it was more so he could put himself up there. That's that's apparent. I think we all see through that right away. Um, David, three and three. And much like Kyle, I think the first thing you have to say about his roster is is major injuries um, and, and the effect they've had. He's got, obviously, Russell Wilson on the IR and then Kareem Hunt now going on the IR. Nick Chubb out for significant time. He's just trying to piecemeal it together here, and this week's going to be especially tough, as we'll get to later in the show uh, with all his buys. But what do you think about David's um, squad coming in at number seven? Do you think that's properly rated, or or how do you see his outlook for the rest of the year? I mean – I don't think that's necessarily properly rated um, if Paul had known about the injuries, like, cause this looks like a last place team to me. I'm sorry. Right. Like it, and yes, he's hurt by injuries. You think picking up Chubb and hunt is genius. Who knows? They both go out like that sucks. Yeah. To have um, the handcuff go out as well. And he was even playing them together, which I thought was an interesting play, but worked out. It was working. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. And then um, Gronk, obviously, he was been a huge part of loves, you know, Brady loves him, and he was been huge for him. And then he went out. So another guy hit hurt by the injury bug, but the dude's projected eighty one points this week. That's granted after Melvin Gordon um, played tonight, who had nine himself, but eighty one. Yeah, he actually played above his average. (laughs) That's 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 a last place team right there. I mean, what are we doing here, Paul? Yeah, that's that's. Very true. And I think, like you said, it has to be pointed out that this came after the injuries. Um, But, but I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. I agree with your comments. And Uh, then Sony Michelle, like, I think he started Sony Michelle over someone last week or he could have plugged and play. I don't know. I just don't like that. That's a bad choice. Yeah. I agree with you there. That's Daryl Henderson's (laughs) actually been pretty good. And, and I know that because he's on my roster and I actually come in at number six, Uh, two and four. I've scored decent points. A lot of them came in one week, to be honest. And I think this uh, year I'm struggling with just my managerial plays, as we saw tonight. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I just got to tap chest and say I'm just (laughs) making bad decisions left and right. Uh, I have a a good team. I'm almost bitten by the bug of not having enough sure firepower and having kind of a lot of the mid-tier guys. And then so you have to guess who's going to get the touchdown each week rather than having you know, outside of Tyree Kill, who's been great, not having a guy that you can just two or three guys that you know are going to be the anchors of your lineup, and and I almost dislike that more because guessing sucks in fantasy football because you always seem to be wrong 
as I was tonight, sitting Dearness Johnson. And now you just know James Conner is going to have three points. I mean, you know that's going to happen. Everyone fucking knows it at that point. That You never get lucky that it works out. So, Well, I mean, you had the what four or five wide receivers that you're trying to shuffle. Waddle's right. now in play. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a big place. I, I think what I do like about my team is there's still plenty of, of space to make moves with the rest of the league in terms of trades and try to. And that's that's why this is a prime example to where, like, I thought I, I was dealing with kind of a few wide receivers who I didn't know to play because I'm horrible at that, too. I don't know who to play right. on defense, you know. And I had a couple guys that would be going off on the bench. So I was like, OK, I'm going to trade with Derek to try and get one solidified guy in my lineup where then I know I have other guys in place. Exactly. So I having depth is great, but you can only play a certain amount of players, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I think who knows like Godwin, you know, he's a tough like decision, you know, like you have tough decisions here and like same with McLaurin who's awesome, but he's on the Washington football team. Yeah. With the quarterback that can't throw the football. It's uh, trust me. I know I, I watch very intently. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think uh, I would have the best overall team if we were playing a real football game. But in terms of (laughs) fantasy football, I don't think that I'm even close to the top. I would would agree with that. That's a good way to sum it up. I think I made great GM moves, but uh, fantasy football is not quite the same. So (laughs) it is what it is. Uh, Let's let's move along. I'm so sad that I'm going to have to run again. It's it's terrible. (laughs) The uh, coming in at number five, I believe. Sorry, got off my page. Oh, it is. Yeah, of course. Daddy P. And you got to mention right off the bat that his uh, his blurb, his paragraph is four times the length of anyone else's right off the bat. So much passion and the way he compared all of us to the record. If we played his opponents each week, as well as if we played him this week. Well done, Paul. But holy moly. To talk about Tyler's much. point with the too much into the numbers. He's doing way too much, man. He have a little feel one time, some savviness. He has none of it. <laughs> some Paul, time. Paul, Just some time. Paul, yeah, you know, when Paul dribbles the ball, he's like the little kid who doesn't really know how to dribble, you know. He has <laughs> he throws the basketball off the backboard when he's down low. The man has no touch, no savviness. I mean, this is what you're getting from a guy like this. Paul, I love you, but it's the truth. <laughs> and then what do you think of his roster? If that's what you think of him as a human, I can't wait to hear what you think of his roster. Let me take a peek real quick, Con. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought, <laughs> I mean, the 60-plus on Elijah Mitchell at the first week of the season with the San Francisco running back, I thought everyone, you know, kind of questioned it a little bit. And I don't know if it's worked out quite well for him, but hopefully, yeah, it hasn't. It's actually worked out horribly for him. Um, <laughs> um, I thought that was a bold decision <laughs> for a man who does so much research. I mean, come on. Um, but AJ Brown has been tough for him in Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he has a solid lineup. Um, I just don't like when I look for, uh, not that I'm some fantasy genius and he'll probably spit in my face for this, but I don't think he has players on good teams. Right. Like Corey Davis. I don't think the jets are horrible. Cincinnati's all right. Jamar Chase has been awesome. That's true. Jamar Chase. And so is Mixon. So I get he's going to pull together. Maybe he's going to pull together a season. He's got Zeke who picked it up too, so I don't know. Deontay Johnson's been tough with Big Ben. I think Paul has a solid lineup. I think Paul could be uh, – I, I I was actually thinking he would win last week's matchup about halfway through Sunday, and I, I was starting to think, you know, his team could be one that gets hot um, later on 
season because he does have a pretty solid core foundation when his roster is fully healthy with uh, you know he does Mahomes, Mixon, Zeke, and then Jamar Chase being a really reliable Kyle, piece. Kyle Pitts maybe emerging too, and and then Deontay Johnson who's averaging near fifteen a week, um, even yeah. with Big Ben throwing him the football. So it's true. I I think Paul actually has to be one, despite all the jokes that we we definitely watch out for to be coming back from the grave a little bit. Yeah. The thing is. He puts such terrible fantasy karma on himself. There's no doubt that's why we've seen him that's lose these games. It's like mainly I, what I, I'm getting at. Right. And you're right. I mean, that, that's the thing is like, I would pick Paul to come back from the dead, but I'm also like, he just loves to tamper with the fantasy gods so much. And I've never seen them give him any sort of grace unless Joey picked <laughs> his team. They haven't. And then did you see at the bottom of his lineup, a little pickup of Deshaun Watson? I did see that. I did see that. I think, uh, I think that's a smart move just to just to fill your last roster spot because I mean what else are you really going to have there? But at the same time, do I think Deshaun Watson's going to play football this year? Probably not. I know they're talking about trades to Miami most most yeah, specifically, I but I still even if he gets traded there, I don't know how the NFL is going to handle like him having whatever issue, legal issues going on and then playing each Sunday. I don't know if they yeah. work that out. You know, they're really known for being tough on crime. Yeah, um, who, who know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, clearly, Paul has no conscience. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's totally what that fantasy football pickup <laughs> says about him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, at number four, uh, Derek Sanger, who has had, I I think, one of the more electric seasons. Definitely been a roller coaster up and down at times, but Derek's got a prolific scoring team, and and I think one that. Um, can keep him in contention, you know, he, we haven't seen a whole lot of Dalvin Cook, it feels like, with that injury. And then I, I like some of the moves Derek's made. He's found a sleeper in DJ Moore, maybe not a sleeper, but overperforming. Metcalf yep. continues to be a beast. And then once you get Dalvin back in the lineup and you have the likes of Herbert um, running your QB spot, I think, I think Derek's got some stability here in the top. And then now that he's added, Mike Williams, who who I still I know he's been electric to start the year, but I don't trust I him yet. Good move by you to get rid of it at, while it was hot, because who knows, right? Who knows? The thing is, uh, he's he's the prototypical when he's hot, he's hot as shit. Yeah, because he he's a deep ball receiver too, so it's yes. like a couple good games can look Big really place, impressive, yeah. and he he still could be. Um, what what are your thoughts when you see Derek's team? He's he's definitely got some scoring punch potential. He does. First thought is looking at his record three and three. The league is even right now i mean it's yes. dead even right now and i right. love to see it and like i'm three and three at ten granted i don't have a good good roster as Derek, but he's at four so like we're we're all tight right now it's crazy that his whole bench is on buys that sucks for him this week i know one, literally a full bench of buys like not one seven, player can sub seven in. seven guys on buys um so he had to plug and play this week and he still could get a dub i haven't looked at his matchup at all yet but i like what Derek Derek's done i do it, he, he matched uh, her, he wanted the Herbert and Mike Will connection. I like that. Herbert's been awesome for him, so he might as well trust the guy. And I like the coach down there, and they seem to be throwing a lot. So it seems like that was a pretty safe move with him. Um, Gibson's more up in the air, but I, I like what he has, man. I do. I, yeah. I met Cap and DJ Moore solid, so if, we'll see what If Antonio do. Gibson can be a, a healthy, reliable piece as his RB2 yeah. with Dalvin Cook back, I mean, then Derek could have a really scary, uh, you know, starting lineup to throw out there. I agree completely. Um, let's keep moving here. Yep. I think we've got Cooper Sprunk next at two and four. He's coming in at fourth. 
Wow. Or, I mean, at third, excuse me, at, at two and third, four. Yeah. And, and for good reason. Uh, Cooper is the third highest scorer in the league. He's also had a bit of bad fantasy karma. Um, a year removed, obviously, from holding the Yarby. <laughs> what do you what do you make of Cooper's bad start combined with his roster? I mean, obviously, this is someone who's willing to shake up his uh, roster construct Absolutely. at any time, and a lot of his moves has, have paid off. He's projected this week again for one hundred and fifteen point yeah, eight points. So, I mean, Cooper's Cooper's team looks loaded to me, but two and four start that you know it's it's going to be hard to rattle off too many in a row. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's going to be tough. He's definitely going to have to put together some good weeks. Um, I like what he did by going and getting two solid running backs who he thinks they are. So he went and got Jonathan Taylor from Jack, which I was questioning completely getting rid of Jonathan Taylor, but who who cares? And then he went and snagged DeAndre Swift. He knew he had uh, Devontae Adams to kind of hold him down at the wide receiver core. Uh, Mark Andrews emerging. Obviously, Lamar Jackson at the helm. So, I mean, I like I like his roster. It sucks about Saquon. Um, that was just such a brutal injury, just stepping yeah. back and having the worst rolled ankle ever. Um, but I mean, here at the third spot, two and four, the dude's going to have to rattle off some wins and quick. I mean, the, the season catches up real fast and right. everyone, and, um, uh, he's going to have to rattle some off here real soon. Agreed. I think, uh, I think Cooper's gone for like you like you just mentioned he's really solidified his lineup if you look at his averages it's it's right on board with kind of what's they're projecting each week which shows not too much volatility and so mm-hmm. with Lamar Jackson at the top who's always liable to go off for a 30 spot mm-hmm. and, and yep. save you week to week and then Devonta Adams as your two anchors I think yep. he's got the pieces around it that if he can rattle some off quick here and make it into a, a playoff chase, that's not someone you want to see in the first round. No, absolutely not. Big playability for sure. And then following him at two, John Fishback. You know, and, and when you look at John's team, you have to immediately look at the the bell cows, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry sitting there from the trade with Jack. And he, you have to think Jack's kicking himself. When you look at John's lineup, and when you play against John's lineup, I'll tell you, there's intimidation, and there's almost no shot. I, I'm shocked he has two losses, honestly, looking at it. A lot of it comes from his wide receiver spot. He needs plenty of help there. He does, um, yes. But, I mean, those two bell cows, they've, they've been averaging, what, 41 points combined a week? That is just massive. Yeah, it is. And then John went out and snagged, like, <clears throat> a C.D. Lamb last week who was a good pickup. I mean, he's got – I don't trust any of the, uh, any of his other wide receivers. He really likes Cadavius Tony. I know I've talked to him. Um, but no, I mean, you look at the top three, Brady, Henry, and Kamara. I mean, that's – and then you have Josh Jacobs down there at your flex, who's another solid running back. So he's stacked at the running back position for sure. And I think right. – I mean, it's still early, but when John and Jack made that trade and John was able to get two top five running backs, like – and, but, and, you know, he, he had his pick swaps or whatever, but having them, if they, as long as they stay healthy, he's got a chance in any game, really. Right. And, and not just two top five running backs, um, but one is Derrick Henry, who is, is the best name. running back yeah. we've seen in fantasy in a long time. And the other is Alvin Kamara, who's, uh, when Christian McCaffrey's down, the best dual threat out of the backfield in the game. So 
it might be the top two running backs, despite how they were ranked starting the years. It, I it's would agree just, completely. It's daunting when you go up against it. That being said, there's I know, like you said, he made some good moves for wide receivers, but he could definitely shore that up. Um, I'd expect to see Josh Jacobs maybe be a little bit of a trade piece for a better, yeah. more sure wide receiver. Maybe a Chris Godwin type, John. Bring me. <laughs> uh, so well, I, I think there's going to be more to come in terms of John's moves uh, before our trade deadline here in the next couple weeks. And, and he he did stack the Buffalo team. He know he likes to play Josh Allen over Brady, it seems, which I think for good reason, even though Brady puts up big numbers. But then he's got Dawson Knox and Emmanuel Sanders there. So he's just I think he's banking on Buffalo a little bit, not entirely, but. It's, it's not a bad move because their offense is one of the top in the league. Josh Allen's an MVP candidate. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I get kind of what he's doing, and it's worked out for him, so it's hard to hard to question. Absolutely. I mean, he, he is – or I'll save that for later, but off to a great start yet again with OBJ this week. <laughs> I know that's caused him some headaches. But at yes. number one, we got to talk about the man of the first six weeks. It's Randall Tainer, absolutely dominant. Five and one, uh, very reminiscent of his run to the Luke Championship a couple years back, where he started. I think very similar, almost like seven and one, somewhere around there. And when you look yep. at his lineup, uh, you know it's not the big name players you'd expect to see, but what it is is all the top performers in fantasy by position. A guy like Austin Eckler, you know, might not wow oh, you when man. you look at his name as compared to maybe an Ezekiel Elliott um, type, but. Eckler, second best running back in the league behind Derrick Henry. And then you've got Cooper Cup, who's averaging, averaging 21.3 points a game so far through six weeks. That is insane. Debo Samuel is <laughs> probably the sleeper of the year, averaging 18.1 points a game. Travis Kelsey, you know, always a risky pick in that second round. Or not risky, but you're giving up a, a different style of position for a sure thing best player at his. And, and he's come through again, averaging 14 a week. It's just he has not missed on one sleeper um, and from top to bottom, Jalen hurts 24 points from the quarterback spot. I mean, yeah. it's, it's been a 100% hit rate on all his risk in the draft, as well as transactions on the waiver wire. And I mean, he makes a deal with John for Adam Thielen, who's just always seems to be a steady machine. He's just steady. steady. Yeah. He's averaging 14 points a game. Even when their team sucks and he's got 14 points just sitting there. He's got Chris Carson on IR right now. Michael Thomas coming back later. Who knows what he does with, um, Jameis uh, lobbing it up. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously a dangerous team. It just couldn't have happened to a worse guy. (laughs) Couldn't have happened to a worse guy. He says, I mean, look at his Gaskin Robbins in a cup. <laughs> it's uh, it's just his names. I think I've even got so worse. Bad. They're terrible, and to get beat by him week in and week out is just demoralizing. It is. All right, let's uh, shift along to looking at Week Seven, which obviously kicked off tonight. We were recording on the Thursday, October twenty first. So Browns and. Um, Jesus, Denver. just watched the whole game. And Denver just finished up. As I've mentioned, I've been crying because I didn't play Dearness Johnson as he got 23 <laughs> points. I'm just going to keep sliding that in there. Um, okay. But no, more importantly, let's look at the Lugs Week 7 matchups here, Ty, and let's just quickly make our yep. picks for who we think is going to win each one and kind of how it's going to shape the league. And let's start, since I can't stop thinking about it, with my matchup with Kyle George. Pretty pivotal 
in terms of, unfortunately, I think the beer mile right now with Kyle's injury problems, as well as my lack of um, consistent firepower uh, production yep. up and down our roster each week, we are definitely two that people are eyeballing for, for the beer mile <laughs> training circuit. Um, what do you think? I got seven from Cleveland's defense tonight. Uh, fifth time I'll mention it. Left 23 on the bench from Dearness Johnson. Uh, <laughs> what's, what are your thoughts about Kyle Nye's matchup this week? I mean, there's just no way you win. The fantasy gods are against. I mean, you on paper, I, like, I should choose you, which makes me want to choose Kyle. So I'm choosing yeah. Kyle this week. And I think it's because, I mean, you, the unpredictability of some of your players, which sucks, even though they're solid, scares me. So yeah, that's thank you for with. saying I mean, that. You're welcome. Zach Ertz, new team, Arizona. Who knows how many snaps he gets? I mean, I'm going Kyle this week. <laughs> I'm going Kyle for that reason. The unpredictability of your team, Con. I'm sorry. No, I get it. I mean, I've been dealing with it all year, and I, I've yet to guess right. Um, and there's I a think bad you're... moment for me to look at right now, so that's another. I, I mean, it's it's completely justified, if I were to be completely honest. I I feel like I just can't do anything right these past two seasons, and I feel like every week I go into it just convincing myself, no, it'll flip, it'll flip, it'll flip, and then, no, just get beat down. I get beat down on a Thursday? Like, I didn't even get to make it to Sunday this week. No. Unbelievable. <laughs> and then on the flip side, I think Kyle uh, has weathered the storm so well that the fantasy god uh, – this is a fantasy gods matchup, and he's got all the <laughs> favor, is. I think. That's that's yeah. how it feels. It does. Uh, let's, let's move the fuck on. I can't <laughs> believe – I'm so – I can't even emphasize to the Luke enough how convinced I am already that I will be running. Like, it's, it's one of those <laughs> things where I just can't make the right move, and I'm like, oh, my God. The only thing I can do is beat my time from last year and set an absolute animal uh-huh. time. Um, Six minute mile. I th- I'm gonna if I if it's me again, I'm going for seven. <laughs> uh, the next matchup we got to look at is Jack versus John, and so in this case, I think we're setting the stage. John definitely competing for the top of the league, whereas Jack, um, most are feeling that he will end up in the bottom. He feels a little stronger about his own case, and he's right there at three and three. You know, in that huge group. Yeah. Um, a four or five guys that are, are right there in the middle. So the season is still very much hanging in the balance. John mm-hmm. gets off to a rocky start tonight with OBJ only scoring three points. That's been a consistent, yeah. consistent theme. And, you know, and he still I think, continues to play him. Right. And, and the other thing we've got to talk about with this matchup is it's a battle of, you know, the trade, the trade that everyone was debating mm-hmm. on draft day. So true obviously the season's finales will probably kind of tell us who won that one. But for now, this is the best, you know, the first glimpse we have on, on those rosters head to head. So what are your thoughts when Jack and John square off this week? You know, I I think I shit on Jack and I'm sorry, Jack, but I I do think Jack's going to win this game. John, I just know has no tight ends on the roster at the moment. So he's got to plug and play someone there with a weak wide receiver core, really he's only got a few guys that are going to be scoring him any points. I just like Jack's has a more complete roster this week and he's going to pull out the dub. Yeah. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I like John's team normally a lot more, but I think with Same. all the buys affecting his wide receiving core, mm-hmm. I mean, having to start Rashad Bateman as your wide receiver too, you're yeah. playing for a touchdown, I would guess. I mean, he, I haven't he likes studied Bateman a lot, though. Okay, I haven't looked at Bateman's stat line. To be fair, he could be more consistent he's... than I'm giving him credit for. 
he's a rookie. Um, he's and... played one game and he's had four catches for 29 yards. So, yes. like I said, you're relying on a touchdown there <laughs> from Bateman. Um, but otherwise, I think I think John, you always have to be worried because Derek Henry and Alvin Kamara can each put up a 30 spot and make this thing interesting real quick. And on the flip side, is Leonard Fournette going to continue his kind of reign of terror over the league? Seems or, like it. Or um, is that going to be – I think he's going to get the workload. It's just going to be, is it a passing game for the Buccaneers or a running game? Because they definitely yep. flip back and forth at times. Yep, they have um, both. This, this is going to be an interesting matchup. I think this one's going to come right down to it. I, I expect it to end where the projection lies right now in that low mm-hmm. 100 spot. It's going to be tight, I, yep. I could see one of them probably – more bust potential on I don't know. No, yeah, let's let's leave this one low hundreds I think with the projection. Okay. All right. And then moving right along, we've got uh Daddy P facing off against Randall Tainer. Uh Randall had Denver's defense tonight. An interesting play obviously with Case Keenum at quarterback um and both running backs out Randall trying to score some points there but only puts up 3. Paul yeah. You know, slated to win the projection 108 to 98. So a comfortable projection for Paul as it lies right now. But this is the battle, again, of guys that have had completely opposite fantasy karma this year. And I know we're saying that a lot, but I think our whole league is pretty big believers in that feel and like what you were talking about earlier, kind of the Mm -hmm. energy of fantasy football. And these guys have been on flip sides of that coin. Do you think um, Paul's able to right the ship with a huge win over number one, Randall? Or do you think this is a continue? Um, show of dominance from Tanner Tot. Uh, Randall's looking a little banged up this week. You know, he's starting to running backs who he normally wouldn't. Um, <sighs> shit on Paul's team, and I'm going with Paul. I think Paul's <laughs> got the more complete team here again. I don't trust Miles Gaskin or AJ Dillon really. Actually, AJ Dillon has potential to score a touchdown, so maybe, maybe not. But um, he's not certain who he's playing in his flex yet. I, I think Paul's going to pull out the dub here. I really do. Yeah, I, I like Paul's team here, too. I, I think A.J. Brown started to look a little more threatening yeah, in that Titans offense. And then, um, although we said Mitchell may not have been worth the money, he's still going to be the lead back. At, I mean, splitting with uh, Sermon. But overall, I think he's going to get plenty of carries and touches to be a serviceable, um, yeah. I, maybe an RB3, like a flex position. But a stretch RB2 in a bi-week situation, I, I don't hate it. It'll no, come down to Mahomes and Mixon and Jamar Chase continuing to output the way they have been and carry yeah. him to a win if, this week. If but, Corey Davis shows up this week, too, that's huge for Paul. I, and you can't help but say with Randall's side, I mean, Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel have been absolute Good. matchup changers. So if they continue yeah. to do that from their slot positions, that's tough to contend with week in and week out. Yep. All righty. And then we've got... Dear, we've got david versus Derek. um both had guys in play today david plays melvin gordon the third for nine points and Derek plays noah fant for five and a half Derek slated to win the projection 95.8 to 82 wow um they're both sitting at three and three so another one of those matchups right in the middle of the the pack here someone's going to be nervous about the beer mile and someone's going to be feeling a lot better i mean that that difference between four and three and three and four is can't be noted enough. Um, yeah, what do you think comes to the four and three I, side of things after this one. It's got to be Derek. I mean, I look at David's team and want to throw up like Ryan Tannehill, Sony <laughs> Michelle. Um, yeah, I, I just don't like David's roster this week, and I don't know if people are hurt. Oh yeah, people are hurt. 
Yeah, he's got he, – it's all injury-related, to be and fair to David. Buys, so. to be, We've I mean, shit on David's team, but it has not been his uh, his fault no. managerial-wise. I, I agree with you here. I think Derek's got a pretty easy runaway win. I think if David's able to get even to the 95-ish points, that's a lot Funny. of lucky touchdowns, basically, yeah. um, from backup guys that are stealing points from their starters, their handcuffs. Agreed. Yep, uh, I agree. And, th- and then to round things out, we've got – Tyler, yourself on a three-game win streak, I believe, right? Yeah, one and three so far. And then versus Cooper, who, uh, again, kind of a a flip side of the coin type thing here. Cooper's been putting up a ton of points, but losing games. You've been kind of squeaking by, I'll say it. Mm -hmm. Very squeaking by. But you're you're winning. So do you think you can continue your your recovery road here, or do you think this one uh, is, is a chance for Cooper to right the ship? I think this is going to be a telling game for both of us, really. Um, oh, an identity game. This is this is I Tyler's identity game of the week. This is, this is an identity game for sure for both of us. I think so. I mean, I'm I'm riding high off a off a few big wins. Um, Huge win. I'm I'm not super confident, but I like the way my team's playing. I love Cordell Patterson and Aaron Jones as my running backs. Um, I'm hoping Derek Patterson Carson has pull. been just nuts. <clears throat> been nuts and i i picked him up on a waiver wire pickup i think i bid like 36 or something mid written there so i mean that's i feel like that was a solid pickup for me um it allowed me to make a few trades that i wasn't as willing to do earlier in the year um and then i'm just hoping antonio brown really um carries my wide receivers with um uh, against chicago this week i mean I'm, I'm confident in myself that i'm gonna get this dub but i'm i'm definitely nervous yeah i'd, I'd have to you know give the air to Cooper here for sure. Um, it helped Cortland Sutton performed under, under his kind of average at 8.5 to start this yeah. week off. But I, I'd have to look at Cooper's roster and there's a lot of touches, you know, I don't love mm-hmm. all his players, but the thing is he's found consistent contributors to every offense. So these yeah. are guys that are going to have the ball in their hands and that's always really scary. And I'm not saying your team doesn't have very much the same, but um, with, I, I, I really think, it's a pretty great matchup, except then I look at Derek Carr versus Lamar Jackson, and that's going to be mm-hmm. what's really telling. If Carr can keep you within, you know, three or four points of Lamar Jackson, I like your chances. But otherwise, if, I, if, I if that's Derek a seven, Carr, eight point difference uh, favoring Lamar Jackson, then I think it's going to be mm-hmm. tough on you with how even you guys are the rest of the. A Derek Carr, roster. Darren Waller, couple hookups for TDs would be huge for me. Yeah, true. You oh I, I like the combo. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, I do I do like that combo because I mean there's a good likelihood that's who he's looking for if they're but he also has Lamar and Mark Andrews has been hot as hell. So that's true. Battle of the QB <laughs> tight end combos. Didn't even realize. Yep. Alrighty, that wraps it up for our week seven preview. Before uh we head out of here, Ty, do you have time to quickly talk Blazers for the boys? Just of just course, game yes. just game one because as Blazer Twitter does, everyone uh, completely freaking out after we see the Blazers <laughs> fall to the Kings um, by three points. Damian Lillard notably goes over nine from three. CJ McCollum looks great, and Harrison Barnes absolutely tortures Rip City. Um, what were your initial take- takeaways from Chauncey Billups' first game at the helm? I just thought when you say Blazer Twitter, I mean, I just think of Paul. I just picture Paul's face. When I see any Blazer, Twitter he's a good, he's a good representative because he acts the same way as Blazer Twitter. As soon as Paul goes off on a rant in our group chat about the Blazers, I just mute the conversation because I just can't get myself worked up. 
<laughs> That's kind of credit to Paul for being able to get everyone that worked up now too. And he does, and I love it. He's the king of it. Yeah, so he's so just it's like a reaction city. I mean, I was a little nervous. Like one of my pet peeves about this Blazers team is obviously the defense, but the way what happened to Nurk being a dominant force down low? What, why is he so soft and timid around the hoop? I why don't know what it is, dude. Take a power dribble and slam on someone. When we first got him from Denver, he was like a completely different player. And it could have been because of his injury, for sure. And I, and I get that. But like, it's very noticeable and apparent. And I don't feel comfortable when I see Nurk having the ball in his hands. I, I was talking about this with Jack today, is I wouldn't, uh, you know, I went to the game last night with uh, Susan Scott. Shout out, mom. But um, the I wouldn't be so mad if we had Rashawn Holmes from the Kings instead, because you know what he does is he just plays really hard the whole time, plays physical, just does what a center is supposed to do. And yes. then, you know, a lot of games he's going to average basically 16 and 10. Mm-hmm. And and like last night, he'll he's capable still of the 24 and 12 if you just if, keep leaving him wide open mm-hmm. um, down in the middle. I mean, he knows how to run at the rim. Whereas I feel like with Nurk, he's he's a more skilled player than, you know, a lot of centers in the league. But because he's so skilled, he tries to do so much. Too much, yes. He, instead of just run the rim and be a dominant force down in the paint. And, and because he's so skilled, I see him more like wanting to pass and handle the ball like at the key elbow kind of key area. But it just is not what our offense needs, really. And he, and he put up 20 and 14 last night, but it was... Right. It, it was... But, a, and, it, like I, I got Hassan Whiteside vibes from him, and I've been getting them for a while. And wow, I think that's a, those are heavy words. They are, and the the reason I put those heavy words on him is because Con, we need Nurk to play up to, like not necessarily yeah. All Star caliber yeah. level, but just below to have any sort of chance to do anything. And and Jack yeah. saying in the group chat, Dame being doubled and all this. How dumb are you, Jack? I'm sorry, I love you, but. Dane oh my gosh! Wow, all the time. He's been, Derek had a perfect response. He's been double. He hasn't had an open shot in three years. Dane, it, it's so true. The, no shot was different last night than any. Do you think all of a sudden the defenses learn how to guard a Dane Lillard or a Steph Curry? No, they don't. They can't figure it out. They can try and stop it sometimes, like they did last night, game one. Sure, but I guarantee, like that's not going to be like Dame hits those shots. Yeah. And I, I agree. I, I will say what I did see out of Jack's point is he was saying that we still don't have really an answer for the new Orleans style blitz, you know, from the series I'm talking about where we were swept mm-hmm. by new Orleans. Um, we still, cause the Kings did do that same defense where they blitzed Dame off the pick and roll. I agree. Oh, for nine is, I mean, that's as bad of a shooting performance as Dame has probably ever had in his career. Um, and, and so that's, that's, they're so good. You can almost call it bad luck. Like that's not going to happen again. Um, that being said, I do think it, it does call out good attention to the point that we still only have one other threat right now, which is CJ McCollum. And even, even CJ was horrible in the first half and all of his points were in the second half, like his score, like, I think like, is there an efficiency rating for scoring? Because I just, I just don't like the way we're getting our buckets. I just don't like well, the way we had to last night. It was, I agree. I, I hear what you're saying. Last night was a lot of us scoring really tough isolation baskets versus Every them time. scoring wide open looks. Um, it looked the exact same offenses last year. 
yeah that's well so that's that's you know we'll wrap it up here is that's what i wanted to ask you is is it concerning although it's since it's only one game in um it's chauncey so brand new coach it's probably going to take time to change things in general but was it concerning to you that it looked so resemblant of the same blazer teams of the last three four years where yeah we know we're decent and we're really good offensively or or at least pretty good um but our defense is just god awful i mean it's of course it's concerning and i it's and you don't want to overreact but um it was telling because I was reading some uh, Jason quick or something and like stats wise, some of our best lineups was Dame Norman, Nasir little Larry Nance and Zeller like had our best rating. Um, Zeller Loki was great last night. <laughs> yeah, he was. And I, I just, I, I'm afraid like, see, well, and no, on your point there, what I don't get is why we don't. So I, I get I, I've always been, not always, recently been a proponent of we should bring CJ off the bench as a, yes. just a lethal six-man, just like yes. the best you can have. And then, you know, maybe ego-wise you can't do that. Okay, well, then let's bring Norm off the bench. Exactly, and something. Why And why are we starting Rocco at the four instead of going Nurk, Nance, yes. Rocco, Powell, Dame, CJ off the bench, or, or switch Powell and CJ. I don't care really, but yeah, I think I let's, Jack let's made add, that point first. Like, yeah, Jack, their, that is Jack's main point. He's he's always made that first. Yeah, put that put them in their normal positions where they feel comfortable. Like, I I just don't like the three guard lineup as much as <laughs> I I don't think any of us really do. Like, it, it well, just doesn't make much sense. In a three guard lineup where two of your guards predominantly are going to hold the ball and and operate. And there's no defense. point in having that. Yeah, it, exactly. There's no point in having that third guard out there because all you're doing is hurting your defense. And and like us, we have wings that are probably just as good as spot up shooters, and it's not making a big enough difference to have a third guard out there on offense for us to sacrifice what we give up on size and length on the defensive end. So I don't get it. Uh, I I don't get why that's been something we stick with. I think what. What is the definition of insanity? Like, is not changing or something? Or yeah, it's a, the definition of insanity is um, keep it's doing like the same thing or thing, saying something's broken, then you try the same thing. I forget. Damn. Maybe you know, everyone gets kidding. what we're saying. I think we're going insane right now. Like, the Blazers front office, like, it, it's a good roster, but it, it's just, I don't like the way we're playing. Agreed. It's been, for, it's been for a while. It's And I think that's why we're worked up after one game. Um, to Derek's yeah. point, I think it's you know crazy to say the season's going to be terrible and all this and that. I mean, we have a good roster. It's still still serviceable enough to probably make a playoff push as a lower tier Western Conference team. But the the fact that it's going to be the same thing we've seen um, without any variance or any difference is one concerning for keeping Dame, even though he said all the right things uh, recently. But also just not something we want to see again. Like let's try something new just one time. And that's all we were asking for in the offseason, right? Like, yep. let's just get something. But this is what we were saying, too, is we talked ourselves into the moves, but they're typical Olshay moves. They're not yeah. needle I mean, movers. We, we did, but we have to talk yourself in. You have to. You have to, but it's making me go crazy. Same. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> and I The games there... even feel the same. It's like, oh, I know what's about to happen here. Like, <laughs> that we've seen this so many, t- so many fucking times. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's whatever. 
you know what? Uh, that's a not a very positive note to wrap it, but let's just wrap it there. Let's just wrap uh, it. for Kamish Khan and Ty. Ty, thanks for joining me. Yeah, that's the first episode of Kamish Connor. I mean Connor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, shout out to Luke. Heading into week seven, we'll be back doing this weekly from here on out. Now that we got all the equipment and stuff sorted. All right, looking forward to it. You play Peace to out. win the game. Hello. You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.